There we go. Here's the clap. Sounds like it might be time to start the podcast, John. What do you think? I'm all for it. Let's do it. Fantastic. So, hi, everybody. Welcome back to the Shop Talk podcast brought to you by 124Go. I am your co-host, Chris Suleme, and I'm sitting here with my very good buddy. John Palmieri. And we are really excited about sitting here uh, today with you. It's been a very busy, very busy. Wicked busy. Wicked busy. Like wicked five-star review. Um, Wicked busy few weeks. And, you know, we've had a lot of what we talk about as real life, Mm -hmm. real salon, you know, experience in working with, you know, over 130 hairdressers that we work with and launching different initiatives. We've lost hand-tied hair extensions recently. We've had, you know, a company-wide price increase that's still in the horizon. Mm -hmm. Um, We've just had all kinds of different experiences that um, have led us to wanting to have this discussion today, which John actually has no idea what I'm about to interview him on. It's going to be a surprise. It's going to be a surprise. But... Um, some of you work with groups out there, um, and some of you, you know, whether that group is big or small, um, you know, have questions around how do we take something, an idea that's in our head, mm-hmm. and then turn it into something that's a real life system, as well as getting the staff on board. Um, like, how do we launch systems in our salons? And mm-hmm. so that's going to be sort of the topic of discussion today. And you know, it just so happens that John, I'm going to brag on you for a minute before I let you talk, if that's okay. Do I owe you money? Yeah, uh, nah, you know, maybe. <laughs> um, you know, it just so happens that you're one of the, the uh, of the people in the industry who uh, has has learned how to, you know, over time and experience mm-hmm. uh, and years to take something that's an, from an idea stage and then communicate it out in an effective way mm-hmm. to where everybody in the company, no matter what title they hold, what position they hold, really gets it. And I think this is a valuable skill that most salon owners, whether it's big or small, mm-hmm. um, could could use you know some support on, uh, some talk on, some strategies around. Right. And so that's what I want to talk about a little bit today. And so um, before I get into that, yeah. and knowing that that's the topic I'm going to introduce, does, does anything come top of mind for you? Like, I guess I want to ask you initially. Actually, um, you owned a salon back mm-hmm. in the Worcester, Worcester, Massachusetts. Worcester, Massachusetts, which is the center of the universe. Yeah, yeah. just in case you don't know that, uh, for years. And I guess I want to know when you started your salon, right. you know, all those years ago. Is this something that you were always good at, or um, like put yourself back in the case of I was a salon once upon a time. We didn't have systems, and this is kind of the journey that I had to go on to learn how to implement different things. Yeah. Um, you know, if I'm thinking back, when I opened the salon, you know, I had a, a business partner, right? It was the two of us. And I think that at the time, of course, this was a while ago, right? This was before the war. Yeah. Um, my thought was, is that I'm going to open a business and we're, we're going to get, like, rich. Like, this is going to be awesome. Yeah. You know? Uh, and about four years into it, I wasn't rich yet. And I couldn't figure out why. Yeah. It's a short version, right? Because I thought thought I was smarter than that. Sure. Right? I thought I could figure this out. Yeah. And I couldn't for whatever reason, you know. And at the time, I was doing a lot of reading because I'm, I'm a reader by nature, right? So I'm always reading business books, and I was reading a magazine. It was called Cutter Magazine. And it was the precursor to a company that I ended up working with later, um, a consulting company out of Connecticut called Strategies. And I ended up hiring them to teach me 
how to get better at what I was doing. Mm -hmm. I guess I didn't really know I needed systems because I, I probably didn't know what they were, to yeah. be honest. Um, yet that was part of the process. Hey, John, mm -hmm. one of the things you need is you need systems. Yeah. You know, and, you know, that started my journey. So I'm four years into owning a salon. Yep. By the way, we have similar stories. Yeah. Um, and what, what was the turning point of where, you know, okay, I'm not rich, but what were some of those telltale signs that led you to sort of figure out, um, I, I know I can do this by myself, but right. there's an extra set of skills that I don't have. Mm -hmm. um, do, you, do you remember, was there a specific incident or, you know, anything like that? Or I don't think there was a particular incident. Um, I just think, I think you know when you're stuck, right? I think, I, think, I think for a lot of us, right, we get stuck and we don't know why, right? We're, I'm just stuck. And you don't know what's wrong. You can't quite figure it out. You just know that wherever you're at right at the moment, it's not bringing you joy. Mm -hmm. And you try to figure out how to how to get unstuck. Yeah. Right. Yeah. And again, for me, the I've just been a learner by nature. That's just I. For me, I'd rather do anything else um, if it requires learning. If I'm going to learn something new, I don't care what it is. I'll learn how to paint the house. Mm -hmm. I don't want to paint houses, mm -hmm. but I want to learn how. Mm. Right. Mm -hmm. um, and that was just my nature. I just was a constant learner, and so. Again, that magazine did a lot for me because there was always lots of different articles on different salons and what they were doing and how they were running their mm -hmm. business. And of mm -hmm. course, then you dip into the research of, hey, I want to talk to this salon owner. What do you do? How do you make this happen? And you just end up, you know, becoming a collector of information. Yeah. And then one day you collect enough. Yeah. And you start acting on it. Right? Yeah. Yeah. Now, it's such a good, um, it's interesting. And mm -hmm. I think. Hairdressers in general, I think there's a large um, presence mm -hmm. of people that consider themselves learners by yeah. nature, probably because mm -hmm. of the nature of the business, right? It's right. always changing and evolving. Um, so we talk a lot about the, it's just, just a fact, it's not an insult, right? Mm -hmm. But it's just a fact that most salon owners today, independent salon owners, are a hairdresser that opened a business, got busy. Right. Um, the clients, you know, all said to them, you should open your own place. And so they, they did. did. Yeah. And there's a, there's, it's interesting about owning a salon that you want to grow, right? Mm -hmm. I think, I think it's t really a valid statement if mm -hmm. I say anybody can open up a small space right. and exist mm -hmm. there for a very long time if they have pretty low overhead right. and they, you know, are pretty good at growing clients, mm -hmm. just like a regular hairdresser, yeah. um, you know, a small space, you don't have a huge rent, you're mm -hmm. not going to, but when, when you get that idea in your head that comes in, like, I want this thing to turn into a real business. Right. Um, and I don't know some stuff. Right. Uh, and we had my, that happened to me when I was 27 years yeah. old mm -hmm. and I was considering selling my property. I had a property that was worth a pretty lot of money. And, sure. I, and so I was like, oh, I'll just sell the property and, yeah. you know, go, do go do whatever. Right. Yeah. Um, and I spent a weekend at an educational event kind of by accident. Right. And so, and I heard some things like, oh shit, this is the stuff that I didn't know right. that I need to do. And so now your life looks much different. Correct. Um, and, and as far, you know, you're kind of known as the systems guy around here. Mm -hmm. um, and so talk to me a little bit maybe about, I want to give a full circle view really okay. fast sure. to talk a little bit about how you spend your time differently now versus all those years ago before you even knew what systems exist did and what your life kind of is looking like at the moment. Um, 
I'm going to have to think on that a little bit, but, yeah. you know, we'll get there. You know, I think, like, I think a lot of, we do a lot of things in our lives, a lot of things in our work, and we don't even know we're doing them. Yes. Right? Because it just becomes second nature. Yes. I mean, I'm going to use a haircutting as a perfect example. I can do a haircut, talk to you for 30 to 45 minutes, and not remember what I did. Right. But it looks great. Right. Right? Because it's that muscle memory thing. Yeah. Right? Your hands just do the work. Um and I think a lot of what I do now is the same thing. It's just muscle memory. So if I have to think about it for a minute, it's going to take me a second, yeah. right? Um, so if I'm thinking about what needs to be done, one of the things I've learned, and I forgot who told me, but somebody told me this, but it ain't written down, it don't exist. Right? Yeah, say that again, because that's super important. If it isn't written down, it doesn't exist, Yeah. right? It's got to be written down someplace. And the one phrase I also use a lot is something that I call institutional memory. Okay, right. and what is institutional memory? Institutional memory means we used to do this, but we don't do it anymore, and nobody knows why. Well, didn't we used to do that? Okay. Yeah, but we forgot. Okay. We stopped doing it. Okay. Is it written down? No, right? So there's reason number one. Reason number two, time goes by, right? People come, people go, and that institutional memory left with them. Okay. Right? Um, and so now nobody knows that we used to do that and how we do it and why we do it. Okay. Right. So is institutional memory one of the things that holds us back from writing things down or it's one of the... It's both. It's institutional memory is one of the things, it's actually a lot of things. Institutional memory is one of those things that keeps us from writing things down because, well, I know it. What do I need to write it down for? Got it. Right. So there's that side. Yeah. The other side is when it does come time that that person who has that memory leaves, it goes with it's them. It's gone. Right. Um, and... We also use institutional memory as an excuse, or it holds us back. What I mean by that is, well, we used to do it this way, and that worked great. Mm -hmm. And as I will often, you'll often hear me say, what worked for us 10 years ago doesn't work now. Right. It just doesn't. Absolutely. We're in a different world. Yeah. I didn't say all of what we used to do doesn't work. Yeah. Customer service is still customer service. Right. right? How we deliver customer service right. now is different. We used to call people up on the phone and say, yeah. hey, how was your haircut? Now I call people up on the phone and they're like, what are you calling me for? Yeah. Right? Because I still need to reach out to those customers, but now we'll do it through text messaging. Yeah. Now we'll do it through surveys. I'm not calling you anymore. Yeah. Right? So, you know, it's both um, something that we need in our lives, that institutional memory, um, but it's also something that holds us back occasionally because we use it as an excuse for doing something else. Totally. Right? And so I'm going to I'm gonna decipher some sure. of what you just said, yeah. and I want, I'm going to talk hairdresser for a minute. Got it. Even though John is very much a hairdresser, mm -hmm. um, you know, and still to this day, every now and again, one of the girls will pin you down to give them a haircut, haircut. or something at one of the... <laughs> um, and the other day I asked, hey, can, John, can you have somebody check those foils? And you looked at me and laughed and said, I'll check the foil, right? So, you know, sometimes, I'm yeah, right here. Yeah, so, sometimes you forget yeah. um, because we get used, you know, I have yeah. a new institutional memory of the way you operate on sure. a daily basis. Right. So now I want to get specific. Okay. Um, and I, I'm, I'm having John tell the story backwards a little bit right mm -hmm. now, only because what I want you to know is if, if I watch you operate on a daily, mm -hmm. it's easy for me to forget you're a hairdresser mm -hmm. because you spend so much time in operations, mm -hmm. you spend so much time in coaching, mm -hmm. you spend so much time coaching managers, right. and then implementing systems that take a lot of work that doesn't look like hairdresser work. Mm -hmm. And what I want to sell 
on this particular podcast, mm-hmm. whether you're literally an independent stylist, right. right, and you're wondering how do I create a marketing plan for myself, sure, and how do I create a menu, mm-hmm. and how do I create a price list, mm-hmm. and how do I do all those things? Those are very different jobs than what a hairdresser does. Right. However, mm-hmm. a business owner needs to do that. So. Right. Independent, small salon owner, large salon owner, mm-hmm. multiple location, which happens to be our circumstance. Right. Yeah. Um, now I want to relive uh, a, a, probably a very painful two days for you, or maybe five sure. days. Yeah. Which was when we recently launched hand tied hair extensions yep. here, mm-hmm. and we had Le- Lindsay Guzman come in from LB Extensions, yep. and she did an amazing job certifying. She's amazing, by the way. Shout out to Lindsay. Absolutely. Yep. Um, that's E-L-L-B. <laughs> no, Better than a shout out. Let's just make it yeah, an ad. Yeah, it's, Lindsay Guzman, yeah. L.B. Salon, and Denver, Colorado. We love her. Tell her we sent you. Absolutely. Yeah. And and so if you're if you're interested in launching hand tides yeah. um, or getting certified in that, she would she's, be a, she's a great resource. Yeah. That said, during that entire training, you know, I had the opportunity to take that training as a hairdresser. Mm-hmm. So I got to play. Right. There was about 20 of us all doing models. Right. You attended that full training, Mm -hmm. Um, but you were seated at a computer the entire time, and Mm -hmm. you were working through Mm -hmm. all of the problems and challenges um, that could occur as we launch this in six different salons with 20 different people. What's inventory look like? What are the supplies that we need? What does training look like as we move forward? How long is we going to book these services for? Is there going to be a manual for this? Blah, 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 blah. Yeah. yeah, frequently asked questions. Right. How does it look on the website? You worked right. with Amber on that and, mm-hmm. and, and different things. And so let, let's start to take a look at that weekend for okay. a minute and talk sure. about um, from the moment that training was starting to happen mm-hmm. and we knew that was coming in, mm-hmm. what were some of the first things that you did? Not maybe approach, but what mm-hmm. was the first thing that you took a look at to mm-hmm. say, Okay, we're about to launch a major undertaking here that right. we're going to have to communicate both to our stylists as well as mm-hmm. the consumer, right? As well as the inventory, mm-hmm. as well. So we have a lot of moving parts here, right? What's like one of the first activities that you do to align yourself mm-hmm. or get yourself prepared to start to unpack that? I, you know. This is part of just being a business owner in general. Right. Um, what I mean by that is is one of the traits I think about being a good leader, Yeah. whether it's a hair salon or anything else for that right. matter, I call it being able to predict the future, right? Mm-hmm. I can predict the future. Yeah. What I mean by that is it's going to snow tomorrow between 9 a.m. and 12 a.m. or 12 um, noon. Dean, whatever, right. It's going to be a dead day. Right. Right. I know it. Right. I know what's going to happen. Yeah. Right. Um, I know when Andrea comes in this afternoon, she's going to want this. I'm not going to have time for it. I'm going to do it anyways, mm-hmm. and I'm going to run behind. Mm-hmm. I know it. Right. Um, it's the same thing with almost anything we do. It's just a little bit different when we work at it at our level where we've got six lawns. Yeah. So in my head, I predict a future. I know it sounds silly, but I'm looking forward. What's going to happen? I know yeah. what's going to happen. I know we're going to need five different kinds of beads, and we're not going to have them. I know that. Do I know how to do extensions? No. Do I know? Do I know we're going to need beads? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Do I know that there's going to be a challenge with the call center booking enough time? Yep, yep. I know that. Or the front desk or the if front you're desk, in it, right? Right. Yep. Do I know that they're going to want to have scripting? Because when a client asks me, what do I say? I'm going to prepare that, right? And so basically, I'm predicting a list. I create a list 
of all the things that I know are going to happen in the future. Yeah. And, and it's just a random list. It doesn't be in any order. Yeah. I'm just writing them down. This right. is going to happen. This is going to happen. This is going to happen. This is probably going to happen. Yeah. And you just create the list. Yeah. Um, I know that you, you happen to use a tool. I use Asana. Yeah. yeah. Uh, A-S-A-N-A. Yeah, it's uh, free for small groups. I use the free version because I'm cheap. Yeah. You know, so. Yeah. It's just an app. It's in your phone. It's on my phone right now. I mean, I have my phone and it's got, you know, my list of all the things I need to do today. You know, and it's done in the same format. I predict the future of what my task list looks like. Here it is. Yeah. You know, I break it down by days. I break it down into categories. And I always have my top 10 list. And my top 10 list is what are these top 10 things I need to get done today. Yeah. You know, so. Yeah. yeah. So here's step one. It's predicting the future. And it's really sitting down, getting away from the chair. Yeah. And taking a look at, okay, this is a thing that I'm going to launch. Yeah. Here are all the necessary parts and pieces that I'm going to have to. Right. Address yep. in some way, shape, or form. I know that these are going to be issues. Let's get ahead of them. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, and so, you know, as again, small salon, I'm thinking about maybe I'm about to have a retail promotion. Sure. And um, are you going to have flyers? You know, so here's my where my head goes, yeah. right? I'm going to predict the future. Yeah. Am I going to have enough stock? Yeah. Uh, do I have flyers printed up? Yeah. Are the discount codes in the computer? Yeah. Does my staff have product knowledge to sell the, the, the stuff? Yeah. If I don't, if I run out, can I get it quick? Yeah. Like, how fast can I get it? Yeah. Um, what am I going to sell it for? Yeah. You know, all of those. Th- am I going to make money? Yeah. You know, so all of those things pop into my head when you say product promotion. Yeah. You know. Okay, so now there we are. We've done our brain dump. Yep. We've got it down in Asana. We've got our list. Boy, it always you can, makes, it, you can write it on paper. It doesn't have, I like Asana matter. because I'm I got my phone attached to my face permanently, yep. right? So uh, great. Now I write my list. I feel really good. Mm-hmm. What do I do next with that list? I talk to people. Okay. Right. So I'm going to talk to about as many people as I possibly can are involved in the process. Okay. Because you're going to know stuff that I can't predict. I just don't know. Hey, did you think about this? What about that? Oh yeah, yeah that's a great idea. Um, you know, here's one. You know, when we do hand-tied extensions, sometimes we have to color them. Yeah. Right? What does that look like? Well, the first couple of days, we put them on top of the washer machine yeah. and colored them. Right. Right? Which is a mess. Right. Well, guess what? You go to Amazon and they make these great little clips that you clip it on, put yeah. the suction cups on your mirror, and guess thing? You can you can do it right there. Yeah. Um, so, I'm going to talk to people. What do you predict for the future? And I don't use that language. Yeah. It's yeah, yeah. goofy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. But I'll say, hey, you know, what are some things you're going to need? You know, you have my number. You think of anything that I might forget. Any concerns you might have, give me a shout. Mm-hmm. And through what I know, mm-hmm. through conversations you have with people who are directly involved in the process, you get about 98% mm-hmm. of what you need mm-hmm. to work on. Mm-hmm. There's always one or two things that slip by. That's life. Mm-hmm. But I get 98% of it. So as the owner, yeah. or as the leader, or as the independent, sure, right? Um I don't have to have all the answers. You don't. Here's the thing: you're not going to. Yeah. So you just talk a little bit about that. Just, just, just shoot from the hip on owners think they need to. You know, they take all of the responsibilities on their own back. Yeah. They think all the ideas have to come from them. Talk a little bit about the dangers in that. Yeah. Well, you said something kind of interesting the other day. I'm going to use this if Mm -hmm. I can. We were having a a, a training session with our um, call center. Yeah. And we do this early. We do Mm -hmm. it at 8 o'clock in the morning until 9 o'clock. And we do it on Wednesday mornings. And we're working on scripting. And, you know, I said to the team, I said, all right, so for your assignment, I need you to create um, an opening 
um, how are you going to answer the phone? Yeah. How are you going to hang up the phone? Yeah. How are you going to put somebody on hold? Yeah. And what are you going to say when you unhold them? Yeah. And I said, you know, you guys figure it out and, you know, come back next week and we'll go over it. Yeah. And you were like, I would have done that myself. Yeah. And I would have told you this is what we're going to say. Yeah. Right? Why? Yeah. You know, first of all, I ain't got that kind of time. Right. You know, secondly, they're doing it all day. Yeah. You know, who's got a better idea of what needs to be said and what doesn't need to be said? Yeah. You know, this gets complicated, but you asked, mm -hmm. right? Yeah. People always support what they help build. Right. Right. So... I want you involved in the process. And four, I didn't say I was giving up my responsibility to edit, mm -hmm. right? So, and it is always a challenge with the editing part because you don't want to come into a room and say, oh, no, that's all wrong. Yeah. You know, I don't like it. Yeah. Let me, let's do this instead. Yeah. It's got to be give and take. Yeah. You know, so I'll come in and say, hey, you know, here's my feedback. What do you guys think about that? Yeah. We'll talk through it. We'll experiment together. Yeah. But, um... You know, having other people involved in a process, understanding that there are other people in a room who do this for a living, yeah. and they've got some really good ideas, yeah. and then not coming in as a wet blanket and smothering the whole thing because you think you know better. Right. Right. And I, you know, I'll own that myself. That's a lesson I had to learn. Mm -hmm. With my team, I would start to build leaders in my company yeah. and throw a wet blanket on it all because I thought I knew more. Right. So what are the things that uh, like when you come in and it's yeah. like w a wet blanket, what yeah. are some of the things that salon owners do to kind of shoot themselves in the foot or make right. some progress and then pull back? Right. Um, or how did that happen for you, maybe? Well, so somebody would go in and they would do something. I would correct them. Right. No, I didn't even do that right. Yeah. Well, let me show you how to do it. Yeah. Well, John, what did you have me do it for if you're just going to come in and redo it for me? Yeah. Right? I mean, it's, it's terrible, you know? I mean, I remember... From things like um, building the branding for my salon, you know, it got so bad that the guy who did my um, logo, I redid it. <laughs> Not surprised. Yeah, I actually, yeah. and here's the thing, this is dumb, but this is yeah. this is an example of what we do as owners. Right. The name of the salon was called Scissors. Yeah. I wanted a pair of scissors mm -hmm. as the part of the logo, and I couldn't get what I wanted, mm -hmm. right? So I had to draw them myself. Right. Right? And I sat there for two days with four or five different Sharpies mm -hmm. trying to find the right tip to yeah. get the... I mean, it's a disease. I'll own it. Yeah. Right? But that's what we do with salon owners. Yeah. I paid that guy a lot of money to come up with a perfectly good logo, yeah. and I had to redo it. Guess what? He's probably not talking to me anymore. Right. Right? And that's what we do. That's a perfect example. Well, and it's such a... Yeah, I mean, it's like I'm listening to you, and yeah. sometimes you, I'll have a moment cross my mind where I'm almost embarrassed <laughs> or ashamed of. Well, because we've probably done the exact same thing Did, as a salon owner. Totally. Right? Yeah, That's my point. Yeah. That's my point. And it's this desire to, uh, I, you know, I don't know if I'm observing this correctly or sure. not. Yeah. Um, but what I've learned about going from salon owner, mm -hmm. no, from from. A stylist owner to sure. a real live salon owner mm -hmm. or a business owner, yeah. if you will, sure. is, and Brian talks about this a lot, the the practitioner, mm -hmm. um, and he uses a different word, mm -hmm. um, and then the, the person that actually owns a bit. And the difference is I set a cause in motion mm -hmm. by enrolling people in the group, right. and then I allow them to... To take to take ownership of right. it and to do it. Yep. It's in the allowing part mm, right. where 
I, mm-hmm. I mean, I'm talking for myself right sure. now, where I still like, it's, I don't want to be the coach. I want to play the game. <laughs> right. Yeah. Um, and that's where we stumble. Mm-hmm. And that's where you'll see a salon, mm-hmm. you know, sometimes they're rallying around somebody who's a really talented stylist right. and really a, t- you know, mm-hmm. a great people person. Yeah. But doesn't see how they get in the way mm-hmm. of progress be- right. because they're so talented. Mm-hmm. They want to shoot for perfection. Mm-hmm. And I know with you, mm-hmm. it doesn't have to be perfect as long as it gets done in a way, in a, in a, and and it gets done to a point where it's like, that's, I don't want to say good enough because well, it's I'm yeah. just making it sound bad. Yeah. Well, you're right. Most of it. Yeah. You know, here's the part where I'll, what I'll add on to that. It will be perfect. Yeah. It just won't be perfect today. Yeah. I think the difference is understanding patience, right? So, for instance, I'm creating protocol right now yeah. on a variety of different things, yeah. right? Process that we're doing. I know it's not going to be right. Right. It's going to be 70% there. Yeah. Here's the good news. If I had somebody else do it, it'd be 70% right. Right. It's not going to be perfect. Right. The 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 challenge isn't, is it going to be perfect or not? Because I don't want mediocre stuff going out there either. Sure. Right? But what I do know is I'm going to get it 70% today. And you know what? I'm going to think about it for a day or two, a mm-hmm. three, a month from now. Yeah. And I'm going to, here's the thing. This morning, driving into work today. Yeah. I'm all, I've decided I'm going to redo all the coaching um, documentation that I have for the managers with their staff. Right. Why? Well, because since then, I've been reading a lot more. Right. Since then, I've had different experiences. Yeah. Since then, I've worked with my managers and realized that some of the stuff I created wasn't easy to understand. And the managers have created things that work better. And they've, be- right? behind my back, yeah. those <laughs> silly people went and created their own paperwork. And you know what? It's better. It was better than mine. Exactly. You know? Exactly. And, and, that's the, and that's the... And that's it. Yeah. So... It'll get a hundred percent. Yeah, it's it's a journey. You know what they say? It's not the destination. It's yeah. a journey. It's anything like that's a journey. You just have to wait to get there. Okay, so now we're impatient. We want it perfect now. Right. Just like me with the logo. Yeah. That was a perfect example. I wanted a perfect logo today, and if you can't do it, I'll drop myself. Yeah. Yeah. Where if I had just talked more to the graphic artist, maybe kicked it around a little bit, yeah. allowed him to percolate. Yeah. He probably could have come up with a better idea than the one I did. Totally. But I shut him down. Right. Right. Okay, so now I'm going to go on to a couple of more specific things sure. as, as we're here. Okay. Um, one of the places where you spend a lot of time is working with managers. Now, I, mm-hmm. you, you coach hairdressers as well sure. all day long, but mm-hmm. it's, it's where, where I see the biggest impact of mm-hmm. your time mm-hmm. is in that time that you're able to spend with the managers. Mm-hmm. I want to ask about them a little bit right now because mm-hmm. inside of our company, we have six mm-hmm. managers, yeah. all of which... Mm-hmm. Operate salons either yep. either just at a million bucks or or, or way over, sure, um, or multi you know multi. Yep. Um, what are some of the most effective things that you see those individuals doing with their time that are making the biggest difference? Like I know we have we have mm-hmm. some locations that even though we've been around for a long time that yep. are really experiencing some good growth, good growth right now. Yeah. Um, and so what, what are some of the key activities that you see them doing mm-hmm. that's making a big impact? Conversations. You know, I think that, I think being able to sit with team members and come to them with an authentic conversation. And I'm going to talk a bit more about authentic in a minute. Um, an authentic conversation and how I can help you grow, right? And 
like all things, we come to all we come to most conversations with preconceived knowledge, right? You're lazy. You can't sell retail. Uh-huh. You're you don't say anything to clients about rebooking, uh-huh. right? And let me I'm gonna come here and tell you how to do it. Yeah. And we call that coaching. Yeah. You know, let me tell you right. how to rebook a client. Let me tell you how to sell retail. If you just do what I tell you, you'll be fine. And the frustration we have when I'm coaching the managers, John, they don't listen to me. Uh-huh. I'm not listening to you either. Uh-huh. You know, you, there's there's rapport building. You uh-huh. know, number of step number one step with coaching is building rapport. Yep. Who are these people? Yeah. Well, they work with me. No. Who are they? What are their dreams? Yeah. What are their aspirations? Yeah. I want to have kids in two years. Yeah. I want to buy a house in three. I want to go work at our you know our, our premium brand salon. So one twenty four. What is it that they want out of life? Uh-huh. You know. And until you understand, as I say, what makes people tick, yeah, you know, you can't coach them. Yeah. Once you understand what makes people tick, and you build some rapport, it has to be some trust there. Yeah. You know, right now you're my manager, and I respect you. Yeah. Because you have the title, but that's not the same as trust. Right. You know, so you've got some trust building to do. Right. And so for many of our managers, that was a six month process mm-hmm. of rebuilding trust. Mm-hmm. Because here's the thing: it's also real easy to say, "Well, corporate said." It's not me. Yeah, right? right. So there has to be that rebuilding of trust yeah. sometimes. Um, rapport building. I know my team. Yeah, you don't really know them. I right. need you to dig a little deeper. Right. You know, when I can walk into a room and I can tell you that somebody, what somebody's husband's name is and their two kids. Right. And you can't. Right. There's something wrong there. Yeah. Right. And I mean that with respect. Yeah. Um, because they're not even my direct report. Right. And I know they got two kids and she's pregnant with a right. third. And, you know, her husband's name is Jake. Yeah. You know. Yeah. And I'm going to translate a little bit and or I'm going to add a, a, a curveball to this. Yeah. And if you're a small salon and you think you know them really well, maybe because you party with them. Right. It's not right. The you guys have dinner. You hang out. No. It's I've seen so many small, medium, mm-hmm. even little bigger size businesses, mm-hmm. salons. I've been in these shoes. Right. Where I've got. The rapport that we have mm-hmm. and the type of trust that we have, I know we talk a lot about types of trust. Right. Um, you know, I can leave my wallet on the table and know that they're not going to take any money out of the wallet. Right. But do they trust me when I'm implementing a business decision? Mm-hmm. Do they trust me when I say we're going to have a price increase or mm-hmm. we're going to move locations or we're going to, mm-hmm. you know, whatever that might be? Um, one of the one of the hardest lessons or greatest lessons I ever learned is when I was working with the consulting company. Yeah, you know, we took uh, my entire team to the consulting company in Connecticut. Yeah, and we had a three day retreat. Yeah, right. Um, and after the third day, the, the gentleman who was leading the program walked up to me and said, "You know, John, your team loves you. They would take a bullet for you." Yeah, I was like, "That made me feel good." Yeah. I was like, "Really?" Yeah. And he goes, "Yeah, but they don't trust you." <laughs> I was like, "How does that happen? Mm-hmm. How, how does my team take a bullet for me?" But they don't trust me. Right. Well, it's like, remember when you said, because we had done a renovation. Yeah. Remember when you said you were going to lower the vanity in the bathroom? Yeah. Because you put it at your height. Yeah. Not the staff's height. Yeah. Yeah. When did you tell them that? I said, well, like a year ago. Yeah. Right. Remember those mats you were going to get for their feet? Yeah. Because they, you know, their feet hurt? Yeah. When did you tell them you were going to do that? Yeah. Oh, like six months ago. Yeah. It's the not following through on what you said you were going to do. Yeah. Whether that's the vision of your company, yeah. whether that's who you decide to be, who you're going to pick as leaders, yeah. whether it's if you raise or lower the vanity in the bathroom, yeah. that's the kind of trust that your team needs to have. That's not 
the type of trust or the rapport yeah. of friends. Yeah, that's, that's right. Different rapport, different trust. That's right. Yeah. And so it's interesting because if you know if you listen to some of John's language, direct report, and mm-hmm. this and that, you know, you say, well, that may or may not apply to me, but I, I promise you, it it directly replies or uh, applies and. If, in fact, you know your team so well that maybe they know too much Mm -hmm. or have seen too much, it's the exact opposite thing. I might, as the leader, and this this was in my case, Mm -hmm. I might have to spend some time showing them that Mm -hmm. I'm going to have a new set of behaviors, meaning Mm -hmm. I'm going to be a business owner. Mm -hmm. And it might take a long time Mm -hmm. before they finally go, Mm -hmm. oh, this is a real thing. We're actually making changes here and there's some progress. And not everybody always likes that, right. and it can be really scary. Yeah. Um, but it's it's funny to me that I asked you the question to go back to it, like, what are some of the things that you see managers doing the most effectively? Mm-hmm. And your answer was conversations. Mm-hmm. Because, you know, it's almost like, I, I wish, you know, is it going to be, you know, Excel spreadsheets? Is it going to mm-hmm. be, you know, am I going to have to? And it's like, no. I, no, I love a good Excel spreadsheet. I know I that. I, I know that. Here. Look, I just, you know. <laughs> Since we're alone in this room, I didn't want to get you too excited and make an Excel spreadsheet. Remember that logo I told you about? <laughs> right, exactly. I made that in Excel. I believe, I believe. <laughs> but but it but it, it was really about conversations yeah. and then the types of so you know, now that I'm past the trust building part right. and I've done that, yeah. what what are the next what's the next piece to that conversation? Well, you know, let's have our, like a pretend conversation, right? Yeah. So if I know that one of the things you're trying to do is save money for a house. Right. Right. Great. Yeah. Love that. You know, my husband and I, we just got married a year ago. I'm trying to buy a house. Perfect. Um, You know, what do you need? I'm not going to tell you. What do you need to get there? Well, John, come on. I need to make more money. Right. Okay, fine. Right. What are you doing now to make more money? Right. Well, I'm working a lot. Yeah. Okay. Let's look at your numbers. Now, at this point, I like going to numbers because numbers tell a story. Yeah. Right. And too often, we use, I feel we use numbers as a weapon. Right. So you're supposed to be you're supposed to have 80 clients, you know, based on the hours you work, you should be having about 80 clients a month. You got 60. You're not reaching your goal. Of course, you're not going to make any money. Right. I wish I could help you, but just get out there and pass out referral cards. Yeah, that's not a coaching conversation. And it doesn't help. Right. You know, the interesting thing is not that you need 80 clients. That's your goal. And that you have 60. Yeah. The interesting thing is for six months in a row, you've had 60 clients. That's what's interesting. And so what I want to ask is, why are you stuck? You know, because we'll get to 80. Remember the patience thing? Yeah. We'll get there yeah. because I can predict the future. Right. The future is, if I know you're following through processes and systems, you will get there. Yeah. I'm not worried about it. Right. I'm worried that right now you're stuck. Right. I'm not going to beat you up about the 80. In fact, let's forget about the yeah. 80 for a minute. Let's talk about 60 six months in a row. Right. Why is that happening? And right. here's the thing we're going to do. I'm going to ask you. Yeah. You're doing it all day. Yeah. And here's the funny thing. I'll have this conversation a lot. Um, we talk about retention because that's a challenge for stylists, right? Yeah. And retention, you know, if you're if you're a small yeah. small salon owner, I, I'm going to argue that if you're listening to this and mm-hmm. you own a little salon. Right. Um, and when I say, I, I say little super, mm-hmm. I mean, I was a little salon owner, sure. 18 people. It was a you know, single, you know, single location. Right. Um, retention was, is a number that I believe most of you listening don't understand. Or aren't paying attention to. Or aren't paying attention to. Or both. 
Yeah. Right. So just to make this conversation easier, let's say new client retention. You got 10 new clients to come in this month. Yeah. Right. The national average is within 90 days, three of them will come back. Yeah. Okay. Uh, we'll talk about that deeper in another uh, podcast, but three out of 10 are going to come back. Yeah. Okay. And so if I'm coaching you, right, and I'm looking at your numbers and I'm saying, you know, your retention, you're getting plenty of new clients, but for some reason, you know, Chris, you're not keeping them. Yeah. And I'll ask this question because this is what I believe. It's one of three things. It's your people skills, yeah. which means maybe you're kind of shy, you don't open up well, you, yeah. don't, you struggle with conversation. Yeah. Two, it's your consultation. I can be friendly and bubbly and a whole bunch of fun, but I forget to do a proper consultation. Yeah. Or third, it's your technical skill. And I believe it's one of those three. Mm -hmm. And I'll say to a staff member, it's one of these three, which one do you think it is? Yeah. And you'd be amazed, and maybe you shouldn't be, that people will say, oh, it's my technical skills. Yeah. It's my people skills. Yeah. My consultations aren't very good. Perfect. Let's work on that. Where now, do you guess want to what? Start? Where do you want to start? Where do you want to start? All right. So tell me what you do now. Mm -hmm. Well, this is what I do now. All right. So we can both agree it's not working. Yeah. Right? What do you think you could do different? Totally. I'm not going to tell you. Yeah. Now, we may get there. You yeah. may say, well, John, I just don't know. Help me. Yeah. Be glad to. But yeah. before we get there, yeah. I'm going to sap every slice of knowledge you have out of your brain mm -hmm. about what you know about retention. Yeah. Because you may already know the answer. Yeah. You're just not doing it. Yeah. And that's another yeah. conversation. Yeah, right? absolutely. And, w and we here, you know, I, I know you're listening to us talk. We're a very balanced Mm -hmm. group we spend a lot of time on technical right we spend a lot of time on technical training yeah um uh, at all levels mm -hmm. um and and the inspiration piece sure. both externally yep so bringing people in right. as well as internally correct uh our own team training each other mm -hmm. and so the last we don't ever want you to leave out the technical piece because we know that beautiful work is a really easy place to start mm -hmm. If, if you're already there, right. now it's about learning some really just key conversations mm -hmm. that you can have inside of that client um, mm -hmm. conversation. Well, I, I, I think we've gotten a lot of good out of this conversation. I guess what I'd like to do is maybe ask you, number one, is there anything you feel like we're leaving on the table? Um, uh, so that's question number one. I've got two that I want to ask you. Um, at the moment, no, I don't. But I'm sure I'll come up with them before we get to the yeah, end, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, well, the second part in piece is, you know, I'm a I'm a salon leader, or yeah. I'm trying to be a better manager, mm -hmm. um, and you know, if if you had to give me a place, one one place that I could maybe start, or one, um, you know, activity or action that I could take to start to get my foot uh, in the right direction, what would that be? Um, start reading, watch videos, whatever it is that you like to do, right? You know. It's funny now, um, I watch a lot, I don't watch them. I listen to them in my car, Yeah. right? Because YouTube now lets you um, have a video playing without the screen shutting off, right. right? So I will listen to videos like their podcasts right. in the car. I'm a big fan of Simon Sinek right now. I've always been a big fan of John Maxwell. Um, I read a lot of blogs that come across my email stream. I read a lot of books. Um, and then, that would be first. Second thing, find a mentor. And it doesn't have to be somebody that you have to pay money for. But there's probably somebody in a different business, yeah. you know, you can talk to. Yeah. You know, what do you do? How do you work with, you know, here's something funny. 
one of our salon managers here yep. is in contact with a salon manager at a different company yep. who used to work here, yep. and they talk. Yeah. Hey, how do you do this? How do you do that? Yep. We're, we're practically in competition with each other, right? and yet the managers talk. Yeah. You know, start a conversation, connect with other people, you know, learn from them, and of course, do your own research. If you're a reader, read. If you're a listener, podcast. Yeah. This one's pretty good. Yeah. Um, if you're a video person, YouTube's full of stuff. Yeah. However you take information in, yeah. there's some place for you to get more. Yeah. And then yeah. on top of that, I'm going to add. Yeah, please. Take action. Yeah. And the reason why I say that is because I've always been a listener of things. But well, we get stuck in that, right? We get stuck, right? It's like I listen to something. I feel really good. Yeah. I feel super motivated. Mm -hmm. But it's that action piece that I've learned um, that helps me solidify my new understandings, my right. new beliefs, and then bring whatever it, uh, you know it is to life. Yeah, when I listen to something, watch something, or read something, I grab my phone yeah. and I talk to it, and I create action steps for me. Yeah. Right, because I need to do it right then. Yeah. Because if I don't, yeah. And I don't always have a pencil and paper handy. Yeah. So I just do a voice recording, you know, as I did the other day. Yeah. Hey, redo the onboarding uh, coaching documents. Yeah. That's my action. I got that from listening to a podcast yep. that I was in the car listening to. I send myself an email. Perfect. I do the exact same thing. I yeah. send myself an email. So I think we covered a ton of great um, material here. What, what a great conversation this was to have. And so I know if you liked what you heard today, um, please press the subscribe button. Please subscribe to this podcast. It, it's, um, you know, this is something we're doing out of a labor of love. And we really just want to help people be better in their salons and behind their chair. Mm -hmm. um, and so subscribe. If you would, there's something else we'd like to ask you to do. <laughs> Write a wicked good review. Wicked Come on. good review. And Five stars. Wicked. Five stars. Five stars in French. Remember, we keyed yeah. means five. Yeah, those reviews really help us to move up a bit in that podcast world, and it yep. helps um, listeners find us who might, might want to be listening to us. So we'd really appreciate that. You can also follow us on Instagram mm -hmm. at 124.go, yep. as well as YouTube on 124.go, all one word, mm -hmm. Salon Education. Um, hey, we got yeah. a website coming up soon. We have a website launching April 1st. Right. What is that going to be? What is it going to be? It's going it? to be awesome. <laughs> but what, <laughs> is it 124go.com? 124go.com. Boom. No dots, no nothing. Just nice and easy. Boom. 124go.com. I love it. Yep. Um, and so, yeah, ho hope you're listening. By the way, if you have any questions about anything you heard today and just yeah. want to reach out, um, feel free to message us on Instagram. And right. We'll be super responsive with you and love to have more conversations about this. Mm -hmm. So, again, thank you so much for listening, everybody. And until the next time, we will see you later. Thank you. Bye. Bye.